So last week we looked at Ruth chapter 1. If you weren't able to be with us last week, go back and read chapter 1. Ruth is the daughter-in-law of Naomi. They followed, Naomi followed her husband to Moab because of the famine that was in Bethlehem. And they had uh, two sons, and those two sons married two Moab girls. And Naomi lost her husband and her two sons while they were in Moab. And Orpah decided to go back to her homeland to stay there with her family. And uh, Ruth decided to go with Naomi to Bethlehem. And that famous scripture is, your God will be my God, your people will be my people, your place will be my place. So now we pick it up in chapter 2. So Naomi and Ruth find themselves in Bethlehem, and one of the, obviously one of the most important things is having enough food to eat. And so chapter 2, verse 1, and this establishes the kinsman redeemer of the story, Boaz. Verse 1, now there was a wealthy and influential man, and the ESV says a worthy man that literally means a man of means and a man of influence. Now, wealthy and influential. Influential is far more important than wealthy, but for this kinsman redeemer, it obviously is valuable that he's a man of resources willing to use it. Now, there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elamech. One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, this is verse 2, let me go out in the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who was kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters, And as it happened, she found herself working a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us. When you gather grain, don't go to any other field. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness? She asked. I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied. But I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and you and your own land to live here among the complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. 
I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I am not one of your workers. At mealtime, this is lunch, Boaz called her, come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat with his harvesters and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted and still had some leftover. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather right along the sheaves without stopping her and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day, and when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave her roasted grain that was left over from her meal. Where did you gather all this grain today, Naomi asked. Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man in whose field she had worked. She said, the man I work with today is named Boaz. May the Lord bless him, Naomi told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Then Ruth said, what's more? Boaz even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. Good, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said, my daughter. Stay with his young women right through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer. And all the while, she lived with her mother-in-law. Isn't that the greatest miracle of all? And all the while, she lived with her mother-in-law. God must be God. Jesus must be the Lord of all. The Holy Spirit must be powerful. She lived with her mother-in-law. All right. A lot of lessons here. Let's see how the time deals with us. If you have great needs, there's a pretty good chance God's already met those needs. If you have needs that fall under the promises of God, I will take care of you. Don't worry about things. Look at the birds. Consider the birds. They don't work. They don't farm. They don't have barns. But I, I, I got enough food for them. There was enough food for the birds during the ice. You didn't have to go out and pick ice and go out and buy bird seed for them. They were just fine. I don't know where they went, but they were okay. They came back. They didn't die in the, in, the, in the ice. They're good. God takes care of the birds. He tells us that then in Matthew so that we understand it for us now. God is going to be sure that we got food, that we got what we need. It's what we want we struggle with. And when theology gets into what we want, it causes all kinds of troubles 
And so when I'm talking about what you need, I'm talking about what you need, not what you would like, not what you want, but what you need. Whatever you need, there's a pretty good chance the Lord has already provided. That's one of the lessons of the story. It says in verse 1, Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz. Ruth didn't know that. Naomi knew that he was there, but Naomi didn't know at this point that Ruth would be connected with Boaz. They didn't know that. There was no knowledge of that. When they woke up this morning, and, and when, when Ruth is going to go out and just, just go for the scraps, Ruth didn't know that she was just going to happen along to Boaz's field. But there was positioned a wealthy man, an influential man in Bethlehem. He was just there. God had already put him there. And so when you think about the needs that you have, when you think about the challenges you face, when you think about the obstacles you've got to overcome, understand there's a pretty good chance God has already worked it out for you. God has already laid it down. You're in good shape. Ruth didn't know it, but she's about to find out. I'm here to tell you, if you get up in the morning and you say, man, I'm not quite sure what I'm about to do, but I'm willing to work for the scraps, and I'm going to go out there in the field, and I'm just going to get the scraps. She was gleaning from the fields. They would walk ahead of her. The official harvesters would walk ahead of her, and she would pick up what they missed. She would pick up what they would drop, the leftovers. She's willing to go to work for minimum wage. She's willing to go to work for tips. She's willing to go to work for whatever she can get. That's a real value in life. And, it, and that value in life might just put you in the position to be able to receive from what God has already positioned to provide for you, Boaz. Boaz. When Boaz woke up that morning, he didn't know that his influence and his resources were going to come in handy. He didn't know. He just got get up in the morning, and I'm sure that every single day, I'm sure Boaz goes out and checks on his workers. Now, you have a conversation here in this story, and, and the foreman of the work says, man, this Ruth gal will work. She didn't even stop except for a little break in the shade to get some water. She's a hard worker. She's something else. I'm, I mean, he, he, he commented on that. And so you know Boaz showed up every single day for nothing else than to make sure that all the workers knew that he was going to show up to make sure they were working. He didn't know. He just got up. He had been prepared. He had worked hard. He had already been positioned to be a man of influence and a man of wealth. He worked hard to get there. This didn't happen. God puts people in places for his purpose down the road. And not just a purpose for Ruth, but all the Ruths that have come before and all the Ruths that will come afterwards. God positioned him. God is always positioning people. He's positioning you. You don't know what for. You don't know why, but I guarantee you God's positioning you. He's positioning you, the right people, in the right time, the right place. And, and whenever you have thoughts of it's a real small world, understand it's not a small world. It's a huge world. And when you have thoughts that it really is just a small world, it's not a small world. It's a huge world, and when you have those thoughts, understand that's the positioning of the Lord. 
because only the Lord can make this huge world seem small. When you have the experience of, that just came too easy. That just fell into place. That just sorted itself out. In our world today, nothing comes easy. If anything's just come easy, that's the Lord. If the Lord just provides, if the Lord just places it, if the Lord just kind of shows up and works, it comes easy. You don't have to kick the door down. You don't have to pull the door. It just comes, comes easy. That's the Lord. Now, in this story, it wasn't, it was hard work for Ruth. It was hot work for Ruth, difficult work. She bent over all day long and picked up the scraps. Hard, but easy. I mean, what did she have to do? It was easy to earn her keep. It was easy in that field. It was easy. It was just easy. Why? Because God was all at work, and God positioned her in the right field at the right time. That's what it says here. One day, Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go out in the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. She's willing to work for the scraps. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. Willing to go, so she goes. Verse 3, so Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, (laughs) as it happened, I don't know how many fields there are out there to choose from, but as it happened, I don't know how many she passed by, but as it happened, she found herself working a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimech. While she was there, as it happened, and while she was there, as it happened, and while she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. She has happened to find that field. She had the right to go and pick up the scraps. That was understood. It was risky. It was hard work. She's out there, and she's picking up the scraps, and it just so happened that it was Boaz's field. It just so happens that Boaz is a wealthy man, a man of influence. It just so happens that Boaz is her husband's relative. Just so happened. It just kind of happened. It just kind of fell into place. It's really a small world, isn't it? I found Boaz's land. It's not a small world. That's That's a miracle of the Lord. It just was so easy. I'm here to tell you, Naomi, man, when she got home, it was so easy. I just went out there, and and there was this man named Boaz, and he was so kind to me. He was so helpful to me. He gave me food for lunch. He he gave me water. I was able to dip the bread and the sour wine. I mean, it was, it, it just, you won't believe how wonderful my day was. When I walked out there, I just figured, man, no telling what I'm about to get into. It's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult. I may not be treated well. I may be roughly handled. I, I may find myself in a real mess today. But, man, I just showed up at this one field where they're out there working, and, and I just start picking up. And you know what happened? A strange thing happened. 
that in the morning, man, I would have to really work hard for all the grain. I mean, I would really have to get down there and sort it out. But after lunch, those knuckleheads were just dropping full stocks. And it was so easy. I just reached out. I'm here to tell you, when the Lord's at work in you, it's going to, it may be hard. It may be challenging. It may be even complicated, but it's going to be easy. You're just going to have to open the doors. You're just going to have to walk through it. The Lord's going to take care of you. Now, if you were in this room when Naomi and Ruth meet in the, in the evening, if you were there and you heard the story of Ruth's day and you heard what she said, what would you say? You would say, sure sounds like the Lord took care of you. Sure sounds like the Lord met your need. Sure sounds like the Lord is up to something here, Ruth. What a wonderful experience. And, and, and let me just let you in on something. Boaz is part of our family. It's part of our family. Do what he says. Do it how he says it. He's a good man. You can trust him. Just do what he says, and, and we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. You know why they're going to be okay? Because God has taken care of them. They're going to be okay. So what do we do? How do we respond to this? In these first six verses, we've got some clear guidelines for us. How do we respond? First of all, you need to be, work, you need to be willing to work for scraps. You need to be willing to work. You need to be willing to go out there in that field. It's out there in the field. If Ruth would have stayed home, she wouldn't have positioned herself in a position where she would receive the blessings of God. So for her, she had to get out there in that field and work. We've got to trust the positioning of God. We've got to trust him. When we have a need, when we have a great need like they have here, we've got to trust that the Lord's going to take care of us. And we're going to move forward with that understanding. And, and Ruth doesn't know, and Naomi at this point didn't know until after the first day that God done positioned Boaz in the right place at the right time to bless them. The positioning of God. Be aware of the positioning of God. Be aware of the work of the Lord and other people for your benefit. Be aware of it. Don't fight it. When, when you kind of crazily meet people and you meet people that know people that you know and you have an easy conversation there and as you have conversation with them, you just happen to find out that they know a little bit about how to help you with your need, that's God. That's God all over that. That's God saturated with that. Jump right on in there with that. You just happen to be in the field of Boaz, Ruth, a wealthy, influential man in our family. He is taking care of you because of your dead husband. Oh, God is all over this, isn't he? Now, if positioning is so important, and if God just so happens to put us in the right place at the right time, we can speak about his timing then it's obvious that we don't need to fight the Lord's work in us. 
If the Lord is preparing you, men, to be a Boaz, if he is preparing you for this place, ladies, if the Lord is preparing you to be a Boaz-like lady like Naomi, if the Lord is, is you in your lives, men, preparing you to be Boaz-like, and in your life, ladies, if the Lord is preparing you to be Naomi-like, don't fight the work of the Lord. Let it happen. If he is teaching you patience, let it happen. Don't fight it. If he is teaching you the righteous way to live, don't fight it. If he is teaching you how to really love, don't fight it. If he is teaching you how to really help people, don't fight it. Let him work. Let him. Now, you know, it, is, it, had to been, it had to have been painful for Boaz to become influential because you don't automatically just become influential. And it had to be painful for Naomi to learn all those valuable lessons so that she could have the right degree of concern and compassion and love for her daughter-in-laws. You can't fight it. Don't fight it. Let the Lord position you. Let the Lord put you in the right place. And, and we have a tremendous lesson here in verse 10. So after Boaz says to, to, to Ruth, I'll take care of you. Here's what you need to do. Get right up in there and work with the, the first harvesters. Verse 10, after she hears how kind and how generous Boaz is going to be to her, it says in verse 10, Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. Whatever, what have I done to deserve such kindness? She has, I am only a foreigner. Isn't that the response that we all have, should have, to salvation. I mean, isn't that it? I mean, what have I done to get all this? What have I done to have all this grace? What have I done to have all this mercy? I mean, wow. The grace of God. I'm so undeserving of the grace of God. And he just lays it out there for me. God's wonderful timing, God's wonderful provision of resources is always for that ability for people to experience God's love and grace. When, when you find yourself hearing people talk about God's love and grace, when you find yourself seeing obvious signs of God's love and grace, worship. Thank the Lord. Celebrate. You're being blessed by seeing what the Lord has done. And then we'll skip through some scriptures here and just kind of get down to the kinsman redeemer of Boaz. Kinsman redeemer. And Boaz in verse 21, what's more, Boaz even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. Man, this is, this is what you get when Ruth tells Naomi about Boaz. She says, you got to understand that he's part of our family. That man is one of our closest relatives in verse 20, one of our family redeemers. Kinsman redeemer is what it's called. All right. In Leviticus chapter 25, three illustrations 
that is given to the Jews that says that they are to become kinsman redeemer. Here it is. If one of your family members falls on hard times, you help them. You help them. Gives a couple of illustrations there. One illustration is that they buy land and work the land and, can't, and they, they have to sell the land because uh, they, can't, they can afford everything. You step in there and buy the land. Take care of them. Put a minute. Keep it in it. A foreigner is in your land. A foreigner comes. Treat those foreigners good. Don't treat them like, like anything other than one of your workers. In other words, put them to work. Don't just give to them, but put them to work. And, and establish yourself in life as a kinsman redeemer. Now, in, in, in the Hebrew way of looking at that is, you take care of your family and then you expand. You take care of your family and then after your family's taken care of, as you can and as you, can, as you have the resources and as you have the opportunity, then you help other people. It's a brilliant thing. Do you know that Jesus is our Kinsman Redeemer. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. Just like Boaz did for Ruth, he paid the price for us. Jesus did. He paid the price for us. We couldn't pay for our sin. He paid for it for us. Just like Boaz did with Ruth, he placed us in his family. And we're going to see how that story unfolds here in the next couple of weeks. Jesus paid the price of us and Jesus put us in his family because it's the power of God through our belief that places us in him. That's kinsman redeemer. And he put in us his will for the great inheritance to come. Heaven, eternal life, no more tears, no more hurt, no more pain heavenly home. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. So, the story of Ruth, very simply, be willing to work for scraps. Go out into the world and see what the Lord's going to do. Literally, go out in the world and see what the Lord's going to do. Pray about it, believe God for it, but go out in the world and get into a field and see what the Lord is going to do. Look for the opportunities of the Lord. Work hard when you're out there in that field. And when people come along that aid and help, and you begin to see that it's easy, that it's not a small world, that it just seems to line up, go with it, move forward in it. In other words, when you see what the Lord is doing, join him in it and go forward with it. And just be aware that God is going to be faithful in all his promises to us. He is going to be faithful. And celebrate opportunities of help. Rejoice in opportunities of help. Don't fight the Lord's work to cause you to be the Naomi or the Boaz. Look around and see who God can use you to help out with. Help us, Lord, to be open to your truths here today. And I pray, Lord, that the story of, of Naomi, Ruth, Boaz will just bless us and strengthen us and, and help us. We're thankful. And the Lord's people said, Amen.